Hello, my beautiful Technicolor rainbow. I'm Jacob Mangley, and you are listening to Couch Potato Salad, the finest nonsense about pop culture served up fresh for your ears. And today, we're talking the second episode of Duck Bomb. It's happy birthday, Doofus Drake. Please don't murder me in my sleep. Yes, I'm aware he's fictional. It doesn't make him any less terrifying. Like, my God, this episode. Just, my God, like... Before we dive into what feels like the third Jordan Peele movie, movie, let's talk about the intro, which I absolutely love. This Scrooge feels feels there's a disturbance in the force and goes throughout the house. House, Team Magic might as well go with the popular name, aka Webby, Lena, and. And Violet are dealing with some sort of uh, dire wolf. Apparently one of the wolves of Norse legend. And and that Loki. He is daddy guy too. Too got loose. Or Webby really has a dire wolf now. I have no idea what the fuck was going on there. But I loved it. I also love the old old literal tempest in a teapot. That's a joke a lot of kids probably won't get, and I'm surprised I get, but I love it. I love it. I love me a good pun. And, of course, I loved loved this episode. Not one of my all-time favorites, but it was good. It was just hard to watch because, as I said, doof, or maybe I didn't say it so much as projected it by fearing he'd kill me in my sleep. Doofus is fucking... And creepy. Like, just so much of this episode crossed the threshold of from funny to, oh my god, someone one send this child to a deserted island and never look for him again. Thankfully, he got his comeuppance this time, but, like, this is the third time we've dealt with this character, and this is, has to be the most unsettling. His parents are so beaten down at this point, and he's basically turned his worship of his grandma into a goddamn cult. And I forgot what he called her, but I feel like if I called her that, I would also so slowly be brainwashed. Like, it felt like Get Out just with an all-white cast. Cast. And without the whole racial subtext. But still with a bunch of creepy white people people trying to kidnap someone. And it's all one. Yes, I know they're ducks, but they're all of the characters here were coded white. White and are voiced by white people. But yeah, like if you haven't watched the episode yet, Louis brought in Goldie, who predictably betrays him in a second, locks him in a case, and starts trying to loot his stuff until she finds an invitation to Doofus Drake's birthday party. And combined with Louis trying to pull some crocodile tears on her, decides to take him under her wing. What falls is a nice, dirty, rotten scoundrels esque vibe when it's not feeling like, again, get out. I'm not just saying that because, oh, that's a popular horror movie or that's one of the horror movies I've seen. 
it felt like that. Just the creepy, brainwashed, horrified vibe from the when they would chant his Mima or whatever it was his name. Again, I forgot it because I probably don't want to have nightmares for the rest of my life. The idea of Doofus emerging naked in a clam gave me plenty of them. He somehow topped it by just appearing behind behind Louie like goddamn Michael Myers. I watched an episode of Final Space earlier this month that was a cosmic horror story, and this was just as terrifying as as poor Gary Goodspeed traveling through through a mental hellscape full of unquestionable horrors. Like, the stuff with his parents was a little funny, like, but it was still creepy, mostly when they chanted, but it was all the other stuff, like, admittedly, cake full of, not full, the cake with not full of human hair was kind of funny as it was unnerving, but everything else from his dive into the pool was just, like, I will give them this. Well, I'm sure if Doofus from the original series has any fans, they're pissed about what they've done to this character. But Frank's created a genuinely creepy villain with him. Like, he's just a kid who got a bunch of money, but he's just so creepily unsettling. Like, little Gideon, before the final episodes of Gravity Falls, would tell him to turn... Tone it the fuck down and then back away slowly when he started screeching like an inhuman banshee. <laughs> I just like there's bits, there's enough humor here that it's not uh, that I actually like the episode. But my fucking god, that kid is unsettling. Like just. Props to whoever voices them, which I do not know. I am looking that up right now because I am curious. Like, but the A plot was good. Goldie and Louie have really good, good surrogate on surrogate nephew chemistry. And the bit where she jabs him after he says grandma, not incorrectly, but still is hilarious plus we get to see they're in a bathing suit so that was nice and it's really as i said last time it's always nice to hear from alice and janney i absolutely love her her and it was nice to see her on the show again it was also nice to see glomgold see i was expecting beaks because he showed up in the trailer a few months back and this was one of the few episodes that wasn't nightmare on kill motor hill Hill that had a part in that trailer. A lot more of the episodes were used in the Comic Con trailer. Well, that one was basically just one episode that I could have sworn was going to be the first one out. But it was instead third, so it's left me wondering. That being said, this was still a damn good episode. It was just really deeply unsettling. Like, just... Doofus is fucked up. and It's weird to say that about a child character, but it's absolutely true. Like, did his me Meemaw teach him to do this? Did she teach him to put people in on a glass display? Did he put her in a glass display before she died? 
Is that why she died? I have too many questions from this. And yes, that's why he does the Goldie at the end. After a weird part where what I thought was going to be the most of the episode. So Doofus hunting the various kids at the party for sport. Well, kid-like robot in poor Boyd's case. More on him in a second. Instead... Instead, that was just a minor part where he's about to beat Huey with a stick. Not Huey. He thankfully sides at this. Poor Louie with a stick. Also, people need to stop dragging Louie to this motherfucker's house. Like, I got it to a point for Treasure of the Found Lamp, but why did Louie have to come along for this? They know he's deeply traumatized. They saw what his house was like. Like, they've been there. Or at least Huey has. What the hell, man? Like, Goldie at least doesn't care about anyone but herself. And apparently Scrooge and Louie. But even then, she still mostly cares about herself. That was touching when she put the little fake photo he put in. Well, not fake, but like the photo he put in there in her wallet next to Scrooge. It's really sweet. Even if she still took all his money and he probably should have hid the money sack in somewhere, but he's trying to make a gesture and I can support that. But yeah, what I thought was going to be those dangerous game was instead again, it felt like dirty rotten scoundrels as our heroes sort of try to scam their way into a large pile of goodie bags which are filled with gold jewels because, of course, the unsettling fuckwad would use those as a lure. Then we get some funny gags, including the guy from Ottoman Empire who left it, left it dressed as a child because apparently that's all the work he can get for some weird guy in a Willy Wonka suit I hope we see more of. And the Beagle Boys all trying to act like children and promptly getting dismissed. But the real highlight was Flint Hart Glomgold. As I mentioned earlier, he's in this. That was a surprise to me. As I said a bit ago, he wasn't in the trailer. What was more a surprise is he has a 90s era totally radical hand puppet that is apparently a second personality. As I said, Flint Hart Glomgold, or I might not have, I've recorded this twice now, but Flint Hart Glomgold is now the Batman villain Scarface. Hallucinate. Having a second associative identity that is also a puppet. Just my fucking god, that is that was amazing, and not really disturbing. I mean, Glomgol developing a split personality really isn't that surprising. Hang. Doofus Drake trying to keep a grown woman in a box while having his parents chant like a cult. And the only thing that saves them is a bizarre, bizarre but satisfying ploy by Huey. Louie. I keep mentioning Huey, but we'll get to his subplot. It's 5.44 in the morning here. Here, here, I got up not that long ago. Anyways, 
back to the episode. So Glomgold having a totally radical dummy that he treats as its own separate person, as well as him trying to ride a scooter with the dummy to prove the dummy wrong, is fucking brilliant. And I hope we see see little Glomgold in other episodes. I can see Allison just getting so fucking annoyed at that puppet. Like, you already got the boss of me, old man. Yes, I have. And then he tried that he and the puppet try to strangle each other. Off. She's just like, no amount of therapy will ever make this moment okay. But yeah, like giving Glom Gold a puppet was one of the greatest ideas the show has ever had. The fact he ends up murdering it is not surprising. The fact Glom Gold has a that tried to murder everyone in his life up to and including Al Wilson and is a goddamn miracle. The fact he doesn't have some elaborate revenge scheme for everyone in his life is probably untrue. He probably does. He just probably hasn't deployed them all yet. But yeah, as you can tell, I love Flint Hart Gom Gold and I can't wait to see his own attempt to beat Scrooge at his own game next week. But we got two really good episodes coming up, including us finally seeing some, uh, hopefully getting some elaboration on the whole Beagles thinking Scrooge stole their land thing Friday, and some Delpad. Everyone wins. But yeah, back to this present episode. It was creepy as hell, but Boyd helped. Just that poor gentle robot. I'm glad he has a family now. Granted, his brother is probably going to try and kill him in his sleep, but his parents will probably also be guarding him while he sleeps. Also, since he's a robot, he probably doesn't need to sleep. Yeah, in case you're wondering who the hell Boyd is, Mark Beats, Beats created a robot son, and his motivation for that is hilariously petty. He wanted more likes on his photos and realized family photos didn't, and since... Clearly, as the as the dangerous chemistry of Andrew D showed, he really doesn't like his dad. Which, given he called him Coach Dad, and his dad was probably an asshole, it explains a lot. Doesn't justify his behavior; it just explains a lot. So, him being only him needing to make a family member is un understandable. Poor Boyd, he gets sentience, gets, it goes fucking crazy, understandably, then gets used as a pawn by a creepy goblin child, old who crawled out of the primordial ooze and is just, and then lay dormant, and then after 5,000 years, he's free, and it was time to conquer Earth. But yeah, Boyd was adorable and really didn't, de and Mark really didn't deserve him. And the twist at the end of Huey using Boyd, and then Boyd, like, I saw one Tumblr post questioning how Boyd could steal his money, but it's Mark Great Beaks. If he didn't use his own robot son for embezzlement, he wouldn't be Mark Beaks. 
So him being able to remotely hack into the money and take half of it and thus take back Doofus's parents' sanity and control of their child, now they're not financially fucking reliant on him, was just so damn cathartic after a really creepy-as-hell episode. Like, again, it works, because, A, there's a lot of good humor. Again, Glomgold argues with a dummy because he's that much of a delusional fuckwit. Or he legitimately has a split personality and has a fight club thing going. going, And his personality hates him and acts like a stereotypical 90s dude. Dude kid. Basically, I'm saying Glomgold's alternate personality is a more is a combination of Zach Morris and the '90s kid. The obnoxious comes from Zach Morris. Ching. But yeah, just that was cathartic as hell after the way he's treated them through this episode and their previous appearances. I also hope he breaks his fucking theremin. Actually, no, I don't. Give that theremin to Huey. He'll put it to good lose. Use. Or Violet. She seems like she could rock a fucking theremin. God, I ship those two. More on that tomorrow as we'll see if that actually holds water after they get there. But before we can wrap, we have our subplot for the episode. Which is just a nice little B-plot. It's nothing really plot advancing, but it's nice to see Della and Huey spending time together. And it's just kind of also nice to see Della in a plot that's just about her spending time with her son. Nothing about her being gone for years. Well, okay, she did used to play the game when she was around, and... Well, I'm surprised her account's still active. At the same time, given the way she acts, I wouldn't be surprised if she also got on there if they rebooted or something. It was some sort of takeoff of EverQuest, which I've never played because MMORPGs are not my kind of thing. I prefer to sink hundreds of and hundreds of dollars into TCGs. Thank you very much. But that aside, it was just nice. Basically, Della's all ready to go gung-ho adventuring, and Huey just tends his garden. And then Della tries to get her son to get out of his comfort zone. With him finally deciding to, after seeing what fun she's having, only for his garden to get destroyed, but he ends up going Super Saiyan and kill, kill, uh, killing an eyeball monster and going a bit too crazy. Huey has some issues. He should go see Neighbor Jones. Yeah, it's just a small subplot. We also have to see more of Launchpad, who Dell is more familiar with. With, please let this go where I think it's going. Like their interaction was almost nothing this episode, but I have my ship. But we'll see if it it sinks or swims. Sims Friday. As for this episode, yeah, as I said earlier, it's pretty good, deeply unsettling, and and everyone probably needs therapy. Also, I like the line about Louie saying, "I tell my therapist this therapist when I'm about this when I'm older." I'm glad he has one post that pointed out the line to me. Said they're glad he's getting therapy. So am I, because holy shit, his. 
Just being around Doofus three goddamn times is enough for him to require therapy. My poor, greedy, greedy econ artist child. But yeah. Tomorrow we have the episode I've been waiting for for two days now. Not that either of these episodes were bad, but again, when you have a promo that promises wacky hijinks and our first team up of Webby's, he's newly formed. I mean, there was just one before they met Lena. Friend group and the boys. As well as the return of Magicka to Spell. Welcome back, Catherine Tate. I'm just really excited for it. And I'm excited for the next one because not only is it another kids all team up episode, but it also has Della and Launchpad. Together, our love will last forever. And on that sour note, no, later days, everybody. And until next time, courage.